Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we'll discover how we can remain firm in Christ during seasons of testing. The shepherds knew that when a sheep was injured or left astray, that the wolf would always pick on the sheep that had disconnected from the flock. You see, when you're connected with other people that are encouraging you, teaching you the word, challenging you, pushing you forward, you do well. But the moment you become isolated, you become a target. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. Well, as Christians, we know that sometimes our faith is going to be under attack, and that's a reality that seems more prevalent with each passing year. Today, as we move forward in our study of the book of 1 John, we're going to learn why we have been anointed to stand firm no matter what we're going through. This message is part of our series called Contrast, and if you've missed any of the previous messages in this series, you can catch up online when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Right now, here's Mark Job to introduce us to the message. There is a battle that's happening right now for your life and spiritual destiny. John says to these believers, although many will fall away, he says, but, but... You, if you're truly born of God, you, if you have the Spirit of God, you, you have an anointing. I don't know if you've ever heard that word anointing before. It's a bit of a confusing word, but some of you, well, you heard it when you learned Psalm 23 that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How does it go? He leadeth me beside green pastures, right? What else does it say? He leads us beside still waters. And he does what to our head? He anointeth my head with oil. Now he's talking as a sheep leading out to pastures and it says, And he anointeth my head with oil. Have you ever wondered, well, why do they anoint people's head with oil? You say, man, my hair is greasy enough. I don't need extra oil in it. Well, here's how it works. You see, shepherds would take their sheep, and part of the practice in those days were to take oil and to put oil over the heads, pour oil, rub oil onto the head of a sheep. There were several reasons that they did this, scholars believe. Number one is because... There was a lot of insects and bugs and viruses that would make their way into the sheep if some of these insects would make their way into their eyes, into their ears, or burr their way into their, in, around their head, that these insects would cause infections and sometimes even death. So oil would make it more difficult for these viruses and bugs and insects to be able to, 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 to uh, burrow themselves into the, into the sheep's head. It would make it more difficult for them to get to them because it would serve as a repellent and a layer of protection over them. They also believe that sheep would butt their heads against each other once in a while to try to show dominance. And so sometimes that butting of the head would create wounds in their head and the oil would serve as a healing 
protective element to be able to keep their wounds away from infection. So it became symbolic of when your head is anointed with oil, you are being protected and healed and you are being watched over by some greater power. As we look at the Old Testament, you'll see that word anointing used in, a, in various different places, but you see that the high priest, for example, they were anointed with oil. The tabernacle was anointed. The priests, the regular priests were anointed. There were various kings, including Saul and David, Solomon, Jehu, Haziel, Joash, Jehoahaz, Zedekiah, Cyrus, they were all anointed with oil before they became kings. Their head was anointed with oil as a symbol of you have the authority, the power, and the favor to step into this position. The patriarchs were anointed. The prophet Elijah was anointed. In the New Testament, when Jesus began his ministry, he was called Jesus what? Christ. The word Christ comes from the word krios, which is the word anointed. Christ means anointed one. It's one of the words that's used in the uh, New Testament for the word anointing. Jesus was the anointed one. In fact, in, in several passages, but in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Jesus said, I have been anointed, called by God, given power and authority by God to do certain things. In James, in the New Testament, it says, when someone is sick among you, take oil and anoint their head and pray for their healing. Why? Because the oil is symbolic of the power of the Spirit that comes upon us and is symbolic of the favor of God that comes upon us. John is saying to us that one of the protective powers that you and I have on us so that we won't fall away, so that we won't be led astray, so that we won't um, fall to the left or to the right, so that we can say, stay strong, is he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. What John is telling us is that the greatest thing that you have going for you is the anointing of God. What does he mean by that? Well, the anointing always comes via the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit of God. The moment that you bowed your knee and gave your life to Christ, there was a spirit that came to dwell inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He coaches you, tutors you, guides you convicts you. Oh, I want you to hear me. This is powerful. I believe that if today, for the first time, you gave your life to Christ, and you had never, never been to a church before, 
never really known much about God, but you came and you said, I need to give my life to Christ, and you open up your heart, and you understood the gospel, and you said, Jesus Christ, come and be Lord of my life, and you gave your life to God, and that moment the Holy Spirit came inside of you, and now you had His Holy Spirit. And before you could study the Bible, before you could read Scripture, for some whatever weird reason, you were taken and you had to leave today, taken in a plane, dropped off in the jungles of Fiji. You have no Bible. You have no Christian radio. You have no one to teach you anything. And you're just in the middle of the jungles of Fiji. I believe that instinctively and intuitively, because you have the spirit of truth inside of you, that you would already begin to understand and have a sense of what's right and what's wrong, of what's lying and what's truth, of what's of God and what's not of God, because you have an inner compass inside of you called the anointing of the Holy One, the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's your inner compass, He's your guide, He's your paraclete, He's your counselor, He's your coach inside of you. Now, of course, you need the Word. Uh, you need to grow in the Word, and that's how God teaches us, but you also have that inside of you. Listen, I've, I've run into a lot of people, they come to God, and they'll come to me afterwards and say, Pastor, I really felt bad about doing this. I think I need to quit. And I'll say, did someone tell you you need to? No. How did you know? I just knew. You know how you know? The Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of truth. He's inside of you convicting you, giving you the compass. It's that spirit of truth inside of you that John talks about. And he says, listen. He says, I don't write to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know the truth and no lie comes to the truth. Who is a liar? It is a man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is an antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Today's message is titled, Anointed to Stand Firm. And there's more coming up in a minute. But today is Monday, and that means several of you just received our weekly email devotional known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. And Mark, you got to tell you, the devotional thoughts of the week that you share really do lift my spirit. Yeah, you know, we talk about that there are more people that have come to Christ in the last decade or decade and a half than the whole previous century. <laughs> And, you know, we try to give you perspective. Yeah. God is at work in this world. You know, oftentimes, Wayne, I hear about the shrinking of Christianity, mm -hmm. but actually Christianity is exploding in growth. But what's shifting is where Christians are. Africa right now is exploding. That's what Central, I understand. Central South yeah. America yeah. At, are as well. And so we like to give you some updates, some kingdom perspective and uh, we like to encourage you to start the week off well every Monday morning. You can receive a bold stepper, but you have to sign up for it. There's so much there to help you get your week started right. So if you're not already on the list for the Bold Stepper Weekly, sign up today and start receiving this by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Thank you, Mark. Let's get back to the second half of your message now. You'll be talking more about the only mediator we need.
There are some of you that believe that Jesus is good, but that you have some other way to get your prayers answered before God. Oh, you believe in Jesus. You say, yeah, well, he's good. I, I like Jesus. But let me tell you, St. Jude, oh, man. St. Jude, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, when I'm in trouble, I just go St. Jude, and, you know, I'm praying to him, and he's helped me sell a house. He's helped me, he's helped me heal someone. He's answered my prayer. So I, I like Jesus, and I like the Holy Spirit, and I'm into the Bible and stuff, but, you know, St. Jude, he's my way. The Bible tells us, there is no mediator between God and man except Jesus the Christ. No mediator. That if you try to get to God through any other means besides Jesus, that you are denying the Son. He is the only mediator between God and man. There is no other mediator. There are no other options that are out there. Are you tracking with me? Listen, your mom may have passed away. And I know you love her and you think, well, I got a little angel in heaven interceding for me now. You know, she loved me. And you may be tempted to say, hey, mom, you know, I know you're up there close to the throne of God. I really need a promotion in my job. It seems like Jesus is a little busy with all kinds of world affairs and stuff. But since you're my mom and you're in heaven and you kind of like me, I figured I'd go to you because maybe you can slip a note to God the Father on my behalf. So mom, I'm praying to you. I'm asking for a favor. Listen, that may make sense in the natural realm. But I want you to hear me well. That is heresy. Heresy in the spiritual realm. Don't do that. Oh, I know you don't mean any wrong by it, but I'm going to tell you, the Bible, God takes it super offensively because what you're saying is that there's someone that has access to God besides Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is no other mediator, no other mediator except Jesus Christ, the Son who died on the cross, Son of God, all deity. There is no other way to God. Now I'm going to offend some people, okay? All right? Listen, I believe in Mary. I believe she was a blessed woman. I believe she was a woman called of God. I believe she was the mother of Jesus. I believe she's an extraordinary woman, one of my heroes. But some of you were raised and you were taught, for example, you say, well, no, I don't, I don't go through St. Jude and I don't... You know, Jesus is good, and I go through him sometimes, but I need a woman's perspective. So for me, it's La Virgen de Guadalupe. Hello? And you say, well, I've always been taught, and I want a woman to really talk to her son on my behalf, so I'm going to her. Listen, I believe in Mary. I believe she was a great woman. But Mary did not die on a cross. Mary is not the mediator between God and man. She's not. It's Jesus Christ alone that's the mediator. And the Bible makes it very clear that whoever has the Son has the Father. If you deny the Son, you deny the Father. And when you begin to put any other substitute in your place to get to God the Father besides Jesus the Son, 
then you are placing yourself in a very dangerous spiritual place. My last point here. Track with me. You have the anointing one that the anointed anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, which leads to my last point, this. Be prepared for a season of testing by remaining in Christ and allowing his life to flow through you. Verse 24 says, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If anyone does, you also will remain in the Son. He uses that word remain and continue five times in the next few verses. Verse 26 says, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you have received remains in you, and you do not need anybody to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. It's not talking about not having a need for teachers. It's talking about you have a tutor that's inside of you already. Like I talked to before, talked to you before about it. The Holy Spirit is teaching you. He's teaching you truth. He's showing you, revealing his word to you. He's manifesting his word to you. He says, remain, 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 stay strong. I believe that one of the greatest tactics of the enemy to lead you astray. And the Bible says that there are forces right now trying to lead you astray. And if you think for any moment right now that there is nothing or anyone trying to lead you astray, then you are absolutely naive about the spiritual world. He says, I write to you because there are those that are trying to lead you astray. And I don't believe there's some diabolic plan out there to say, I'm going to make you fall. But I believe there are people and things around you that suck you away from God. And they don't even know they're part of the enemy's plan. But the two things that I have realized over the years that the enemy uses are isolation caused by a spirit of offense. You see, when you're connected with other people that are encouraging you, teaching you the word, challenging you, pushing you forward, you do well. But the moment you become isolated, you stop receiving what God has from you. Encouragement, instruction, the moment that you become isolated, you become a target. It always works this way. The shepherds knew that when a sheep was injured or left astray, that the wolf would always pick on the sheep that had disconnected from the flock. You know how the enemy disconnects you from the body of Christ? You know how the enemy disconnects you from being protected? By causing a spirit of offense in you that leads you to isolation. And when you're isolated, what does isolation look like? I don't belong. No one really cares about me. You've been hurt by someone, even in the body. Someone hurts you. They, they didn't show up to your, to your housewarming party and bring you a gift. And you say, I had friends from the world that showed up, but my brother didn't even show up from, from the house. And so I guess that's how, much, how important I am to him. Or, 
or someone you were struggling at at one time or really discouraged and you felt like they didn't call you like they needed to call you or maybe you had financial problems and someone didn't help you out and so you get offended. When you get offended, then you start isolating from people because you start feeling the spirit of offense starts making you pull away from people around you and feeling like I don't belong. People really don't care about me. And when you start isolating yourself and being offended by people, you pull away. You pull away from people that love you. You pull away from fellowship. You pull away from your small group. You pull away from mentoring and discipleship. And then when you pull away, you become much more easy target for the enemy to take you down. You start listening to voices that you normally wouldn't listen to. You start being susceptible to temptations that you normally could resist because you're isolated and offended. I have seen so many Christians derail their walk with God because they became offended. Not because of heresy or wrong teaching, but because they became offended at someone and never dealt with that spirit of offense, and that led them down a road of falling away from God. I challenge you in that area. If there's a door of offense that's open, you need to close it and remain, remain in Christ. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. We're in a series called Contrast, and as Mark said today, When the seasons of testing come, it's important that we remain in Christ and let Him flow through us. That's why we're dedicated to offering our listeners all the faith-building tools and opportunities we can here at Bold Steps. To check out all we have to offer, just go online to boldstepsradio.org. Mark, as we talk about our Bold Step gift now, we are not just going to talk about it. We're going to talk with the very man who wrote the book. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We have in our studio today Dr. Gary Chapman, a good friend, a graduate from Moody, a pastor, an author, really someone that's impacted millions of lives, and I believe in a very humble way, God has used you in a supernatural way. Gary has written a book entitled, God Speaks Your Love Language. And Gary, in the book, you reveal that not everybody experiences God's love in the same way. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think if we look at our own conversion experience and talk to friends who had a different conversion experience, we'll realize God speaks to people in different ways, but it's normally in keeping with their love language. Quality time people, for example, come to Christ over a period of time, start reading Christian books or reading the Bible, and in a quiet place they respond to God. Other people have a supernatural physical experience. (laughs) And I think as we are God's agents in expressing love, we need to keep that in mind. And so if we're talking to someone about Christ and trying to get them to come to know Christ in a personal way, it really helps us if we know their primary love language Hmm. because then we can speak the love of God to them. God speaks through us to them in their love language, and they're far more likely to hear what we're saying if we're speaking their love language. And aren't we glad that God operates that way? (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. So if you're praying for a loved one to come to Christ, in reaching out to them, Ask yourself this question, what is their love language and how can they understand God's love and his message through their love language? Thank you, Dr. Gary Chapman. Thank you. Again, the name of this book is God Speaks Your Love Language and we'd love to send you a copy today with your gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can give a one-time donation by calling 800-D-L-Moody. 
That's 800-356-6639. Or you can commit to giving a monthly gift online as a Bold Partner. We've made signing up simple and easy. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. Now, if it's easier, send your gift in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Be sure to ask for the book, God Speaks Your Love Language, when you write. And then please remember, it's through your generous financial gifts that these messages and resources are made possible across the radio, internet, and on our social media platforms. So if you can, please consider partnering with us today. Well, coming up on the next edition, Mark, you're going to be explaining how the power of God's love helps us stand firm. Yeah, and it's the love of God is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it's not this just uh, feely, oozy, just uh, ethereal thing. It's right. a powerful, life-transforming force. An inexhaustible topic, too. Inexhaustible topic. And by the way, D.L. Moody was known for preaching strongly and powerfully about the love of God. Is that right? Yes. He, this is one of his main themes, is the love of God. And in those days, it wasn't talked about as much. So it's a requirement for the president of Moody to carry on that tradition, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> and First John delves right into us, telling us this, if you really grasp the love of God, it will transform and radically change the way you live. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. That ends our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again tomorrow to hear another exciting message from Mark Job, all about the power of God's love. It's Tuesday, right here on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.